has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. A great manager will help you resolve your problems, help you remove obstacles and barriers. They'll take things off your hands that are not your strength and not fun for you to work on. And they'll help you to limit the scope of the work that you're doing to the stuff that is fun and is what you're good at. That's what a great manager will do for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Alan. I'm a family man, an attorney, and an entrepreneur. Each week, we provide resources and advice to help build your business. Are you ready? Then let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod. I'm Alan Draper. As always, your host. Excited for our guest today. I have the best guests on this podcast, I swear. I learned so much. Before we get to him, make sure... Go check out my website, alandraper.com. Schedule an appointment with me. My specialty is working with startups within six months of pulling the trigger up until a couple of years to where they're really starting to scale. That's my my strength. I've scaled several businesses. And anyway, I can, I continue to operate quite a few. I own 24 businesses now. Just, just announced that I'm launching two new businesses in the next three months. So yeah, so make sure to go... Check out my website. That's kind of my specialty. Schedule 15 minutes with me. Let's let's chat about your business. I'm I'm kind of getting into the area of angel investing. It's kind of I'm, that's the direction I'm being pushed into. Something I'm very passionate about. So let's chat about how I can help your business. I'm excited today to welcome Lucas Root to the show. He's I think what we're going to focus today is on his best selling course, Work from Home. So welcome to the show, Lucas. Excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. Do you mind if I take us off the rail right out right out the gate? Let's do it. Let's you do started it. out with, as always, your host. Would you ever consider letting someone else host? I would. I actually... And I, you know, what's funny is that I do have another podcast that's kind of more industry specific, and I have a co-host with that. But no, I, I, think, I think that'd be awesome. It's, it's a little different, right? Because I started... This podcast was my first one, and I was always kind of by myself. And so, where, where I have a co-host on my other podcast, I'm having to relearn some things, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm used to just you know grabbing the bull by the horns and running the interview, running the show. But yeah, yeah, that's I've never been asked that before. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm open. I'm open to pretty much anything, man. Fun. I had the really exciting opportunity, and this is three and a half years ago, and it hasn't happened since, with one specific podcast out of India. Hmm. And what they would do is they would dedicate an, an episode to, to you, but they wouldn't host you and interview you. They would give you the host, and then you would interview somebody. Huh. It was extraordinary. I've only done it the one time. I thought it was really cool. You inter- opening with, as always, the host. I, I don't know why, but it just spurred that into my head. And I was like, wait a minute, there are actually other models that work here. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's funny. So do you pick the guest? Does the host get to pick the guest? You pick the guest. I mean, obviously, they have to make sure that it's good for their audience. Otherwise, you're going to be a dud episode and you don't know their audience. So they have to be part of the process, of course. But, but you pick the guest. 
It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that might work. It's like, it's almost like, you know, creating a social media platform where the users produce the content, right? It's like, what? That's ridiculous. Kind of Who would do that? I just kind of provide the platform and let them do the work. <laughs> I like it. No, I, and you know, what's funny is that I was just talking with my producer about, you know, what we're really trying to do is add value to startup businesses, right? Everything from motivation to getting into the logistics of financing. I understand a lot of the early hurdles. And so that's the entire you know premise of this podcast is let's help a few more people. If I can help you know two, three more people a year start a business, then I'm right where I want to be. I'm I'm doing what I want to do. So you know, and I think having you on, there's so much of business that's going into kind of this remote work, right? I actually three months ago I because of the other businesses that I have, I have a, I have significant digital marketing needs. And so I'm like, you know what? I've never really been satisfied with our digital marketing company. I'm going to start one. I took, <laughs> I took about six months searching for the right partner, but we, we pulled the trigger about three months ago. Congrats. And yeah, I appreciate that. And we are 100% remote. I have three employees that I have never met. I've never <laughs> seen in person. Right. So, so it's kind of cool. So I wanted to talk about that. There's a lot of people, I think there's two kind of different models, right? There's the people that started that way. That was kind of within their vision of their company to, you know, do the remote work. And then there's a contingency of business owners and entrepreneurs that are on the other side, which I am with some of my businesses where we were forced to. Mm -hmm. And so, and for those, it's a little scary. I wanted to talk about a few things surrounding kind of this work from home idea and concept, but I wanted to start with productivity, mm. right? Let's get into that. What are, how, how do I know what, what people are doing when they're at home or should I not care as long as they're doing their job? Honestly, the latter, you shouldn't care as long as they're doing their job. I think that from a management perspective, and this works in both directions, by the way, when you're the recipient of management and management's not a bad thing. So everybody, when you hear the word management, remember, I'm talking about the good version. Right. <laughs> a great manager will help you resolve your problems, help you remove obstacles and barriers. They'll take things off your hands that are not your strength and not fun for you to work on. And they'll help you to limit the scope of the work that you're doing to the stuff that is fun and is what you're good at. That's what a great manager will do for you. It feels like a service relationship. And in the sense that you're both in service to the business that is paying you, it's true. It is a service relationship. One of the things that I think people have lost track of in the move from, this could come out a little bit philosophical, but I, but to me, it's, it is very real. In the move from an industrial economy into what we call a knowledge economy, and we only sat in the knowledge economy for a little while. We've already moved beyond it. We're, we're not in a knowledge economy right now. And we can talk about that. But one of the things that happened in the move from industrial economy to knowledge economy is that we lost track of targets. We lost track of giving people a goal to work towards and then getting out of their way and letting them work towards it. Because let's be honest, a line manager in a factory who's stopping the person who's working and asking them whether or not they're moving towards their targets is impeding the progress of that line. Hmm. And every line manager knows that. Every line supervisor knows that. Every factory manager knows that. They don't get in the way of the line. 
they review targets at the end of the day. What stopped you from hitting your targets? What can I do to make sure that you hit your targets tomorrow, right? But we lost that when we moved into the knowledge economy because it was new and exciting and interesting. None of those a bad thing. And we didn't know how to set targets yet. Do we set targets on numbers of words typed per day? Maybe that makes sense for a transcriber. Do we set targets on number of meetings attended per day? That doesn't sound very productive to me, right? So we don't really know how to set targets. But you as a business owner, you do know what creates success in your business. If you don't, we need to have a different conversation. <laughs> if you don't know what's creating success, call up Alan. <laughs> he can help you. But let's presume that you do know what creates success in your business. So you need to back into what creates success, the targets, so that each of your employees knows what they're working towards and then treat them like a line employee. They know what they're working towards. They know how to do that. They know how to get in touch with you. They trust that when they get in touch with you, you will remove the barriers and obstacles that are slowing them down and help them stay focused on the things that they're good at and like to do. Hmm. You know what? I, I mean, I love this idea. And, and I thought of you know, a couple of reasons why we don't do it more often. And I think one of those reasons, I'm not a micromanager and it's, it goes against pretty much everything that, that I am. I hire talented people and I get the hell out of their way. Mm -hmm. Although I, I wasn't always like that. In the beginning, I thought I knew more and I realized very quickly, oh, wow, the people that I'm hiring, they're more talented. They know more than I do. So if I'm not helping them with resources, then I'm basically impeding their growth or their progress. But I think people are lazy, Lucas. I think like we, because of this, and, and you put it a lot more eloquently than, than I understand it, but changing from the different ages, right? And now we're in this kind of information or knowledge age or whatever, or I guess we were, but we just want to hire somebody and we're like, okay, did you get to work on time? Okay. <laughs> so if you got to work on time and you didn't leave early, then this is what I pay you. And it's really easy, Lucas. It requires almost no work for a manager or a business owner to say, okay, what time do you clock in? What time do you clock out? Here's your paycheck. But if we're like, okay, this is project-based, right? Which I'm on board with you. I love this idea. And I, I believe that productivity is going to skyrocket, but it does require more upfront work from the managers, right? Yes, it does. And so they, so they have to really wrap their head around this and say, okay, and this is entrepreneurs have to do this with all sorts of things, not just with managing contractors or employees. And that is, I'm going to put more work into this right now with this idea that it's going to pay an ROI down the road. Every time we train somebody, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to train somebody. It would be a lot faster if I just did it myself, right? It would be a lot faster for me to just do this task this one time myself. But if I train somebody, it's going to take two, three times the amount of time. If you're lucky. <laughs> right. Yeah, in some cases, exactly. Maybe in, in some cases I have to do it over and over and over and can, you know, which which is important to make sure we're continuously training our, our folks and things like that. But that's the idea behind it. An entrepreneur is saying, Hey, I'm going to invest more time now 
to save myself time later? How do they do it? What are what are a few steps that somebody can can do to invest in determining for specific roles what are the projects that I'm going to focus on and what are the things that I'm going to throw out and not worry about? Yeah, my approach to that is always what are the things that are moving your bottom line? Ultimately, everything does, but some of the projects that you do are moving your bottom line in the negative direction. And some of the projects that you do are moving the bottom line in the positive direction. So start with what's moving the bottom line and in which direction you want it to be moving. Don't ignore the negative direction as a bad thing. It's not necessarily. There are reasons why you might want to move your bottom line in the negative direction. Hmm. You could have an entire hour-long podcast on all of that. <laughs> right. But yeah, figure out what, what, what are your goals and what are the projects that move you closer to your goals? And then organize those projects in terms of how important they are to you, number one. It doesn't even matter if it's easy. If it's really important to you and it's not easy, you're going to be moving forward on it anyway. So you might as well just prioritize it. So how important those projects are to you. And then how big of an impact they will have. And then how hard they are to do in that order. One, two, three. Yeah. No, I love it. And what's interesting is, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, one of the things that we have to do is not just show an individual the project that they're responsible for, but allow them at different times, different periods of time, kind of a glimpse of what their, how that impacts the entire process. Yes. Right? I, used to, I used to work at a, at a summer job at a wood factory and mm -hmm. we made window frames. I was literally on a factory line, really hard work. I'm grateful for it, but I never got to see the finished product, man. I saw like one little tiny piece in a window frame and it would have been really cool and really helpful. And I think it would be really motivating for the manager or the business owner every once in a while to stop me, you know, Hey, check this out. This is what the finished product is on this hundred level building in New York or this house in South America. See this? This is what you're doing. And so as we're as we're kind of and correct me if I'm wrong, but as we're kind of pulling back and focusing on projects and you mentioned, "Hey, focus on the projects that that drive that bottom line. What, you know, focus on those products that those projects that make a difference in the success of your business." And I would just add to that and let your people know, like, make sure that they know what that little tiny piece is in the bigger puzzle and let them see that puzzle frequently so yeah, that so they kind of have this motivation. I could not agree more. That's, that's fantastic. And it's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and that's the thing is that, and one of the greatest motivations for people to perform at a really high level, a lot of people say that it's money. And money's like two, three, four down the down the list in diff different studies. But the number one most important motivating factor for people to perform at a high level in a work environment is working together with others to achieve a common goal. Mm -hmm. And so if we focus more on what is the project that you're working on, like you suggest, versus how long has your butt been in that seat, then I think it there, there's just so many factors that add to the the efficiency of the company. Yep. The only people that I pay hourly in my extended staff 
are showroom sales associates. That's it. Yeah. And I, you know, what's funny, Lucas, I think, I think we're, there was a significant shift with COVID and I think we're heading in that direction, right? Where people are getting a little more creative and saying, look it, I don't care when you do it. Don't really care how you do it. This is what you want. This is what I want you to do. And, and that's kind of the, that's how to decide. So, so for our listeners, like if you're trying to decide if you're a micromanager or not, this is, this is a really good kind of litmus test. Are you telling people how to do their job or are you saying, Hey, this is the project. This is what I want you to accomplish. I don't care when you do it. I don't care how you do it. If you have any questions, let me know. And then just let them take, take off. Is that the right way to approach people who are working from home? Absolutely. In fact, that's the right way. In my opinion, that's the right way to approach everyone unless they're a showroom sales associate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I like that that you kind of in your mind you have kind of this this dividing line, right? There are but you've done the work, right? You've gone through the process of deciding of being you're deliberate about it. You're not just like, okay, new person comes in hourly, this is your seat, right? You're kind of going through this process of what is the best way to pay this person and manage this person? Yep. It's it's elemental to us, actually. I, in fact, I'd like to not pay my showroom sales associate hourly either. And when I say it's elemental to them, I mean that very literally. I think people, we, we approach the world from a very solid perspective, our mindset, the way that we see ourselves and how the world around us interacts with us. But what's funny is that we're not solid. And neither is the world. And it's really just the way that we interact with our world and ourselves that make us think that we're solid and that the world is solid, right? I mean, viruses get in, the whole world is shut down because of a virus. Why would a virus be able to get in if we're solid? It can't, it can't do anything, right? We're very much not solid. And what I mean by that is in the context of this conversation, as a multicellular being, Inherent in the name, inherent in the understanding of that from a biological perspective, our cells are choosing to work together. They're choosing to work together cooperatively towards a goal. What that goal is, totally different conversation. What I'm trying to get at here is that elemental, inherent in our being as a multicellular animal is the idea that we can cooperate, we can cooperate, that we do cooperate, that our strategy for success in the world comes from a basis of cooperating towards a goal. Hmm. No, that's, that's great. You know, it's gestalt theory, right? That, that, you know, the, the group is greater than the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Right. And the, and that's absolutely true. And it's, I mean, we're walking proof of it. Exactly. Like it's, it's easier for us to work by ourselves, but we don't reach the levels that we could as a group, Yep. you know, with people, I have listeners that they've never, they've, they've kind of been kicking around this idea and recent studies, I think from England are showing that people will, they'll take a significant pay cut to be able to work from home. What's the first step in kind of just establishing a culture of okay we're going to we're going to revisit this and we're going to maybe open ourselves up to this a little bit. What you know, how does somebody wrap their their head around this idea 
you know, because I've talked to a lot of people they are like, oh, that person could never do that job from home. That person could never. And there are some, you know, it's, it's tough to deliver boxes when you're sitting at home, right? That one's, that one's tough to do. But I think the world's kind of coming around to this idea and we're getting really creative, right? And so how, how just, just mentally, I think is the first step. How does an entrepreneur say, okay, I'm at least going to take a look. Do they look at the advantages? Do they start looking at establishing a protocol? What's kind of the, the process for that? Yeah, I love it. I'm a, I'm a foot first face plant, nose in the dirt, get some <laughs> blood on me kind of guy. Yeah. So I am a hundred percent on board with, you know, throw caution to the wind, give it a try mm. and see what happens. Cause mm. you will lose something by trying things that don't work out. It happens. I'm not going to mm. say you have nothing to lose. That would be silly. But I think that you have less to lose than you think you do. Obviously not you, you're doing it. I'm, I'm speaking to the listener here. I, I think you have Absolutely. less to lose than you think you do. The way I would start it is by having a conversation with your employees and seeing which ones of them believe that they could do their job from home and then let them try. Hmm. I think this is fantastic. And I just, about 10 minutes before we started recording, I rolled out a new change with one of my with one of my companies and I immediately got a bunch of text messages from some of my partners. Like, are you crazy? Are you guys really <laughs> doing this? And, and I'm glad I did it. It's, and we've got some stuff to figure out just like some folks will have a hard time figuring out how they're going to work from home. But I think one, one of the core values of that company is that we evolve. And so they know like, Hey, we're going to test some things out. And if you have people behind you that trust you and you say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this for your benefit, you know, we're focused on how we can increase efficiency, but we really want you to be happy. So there's some longevity and things like that. But if, I, if you approach them in the right spirit, then I think they'll understand when it's like, okay, this isn't going to be perfect, guys. We're going to be testing a few things out. I don't know how the communication is going gonna, is gonna to work. But let's let's be patient with each other. Let's understand each other. And I think that they'll be okay with changes down the road, right? If you approach it like that, like, hey, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we do a good job acting like it, but we're not sure. Let's figure this out. You know, let's be patient with each other. And I think a lot of times, and there's some things you can't pull back from employees. It's really, 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 really hard to pay an employee something and then decrease that. That's really hard. That's, I don't know that you come back from those types of things. But when you're experimenting and, you, and you're the type of entrepreneur that's interested in finding new solutions and evolving with the marketplace and things like that, from my experience, your people will understand. They'll be grateful for it. Yeah. And so then it's not as scary trying something. Yeah, absolutely. Number one, you don't need to pay people less to let them work from home. You're, you're already earning more because you don't pay for their seat. You don't pay for their internet. Number two, if you're experiencing financial hardship, talk to your employees. Be straight up with them. Some of them might actually volunteer to give up pay, maybe permanently, maybe short term. They, they might actually volunteer. Mm. You know, If you have a great relationship with your employees, if you have an amazing business that they believe in, and you're being truly honest with them and you know you lead first if if you're giving up some of your money as well mm -hmm. it's astonishing what they can do when they want to i love it well lucas we're low on time will you let us know how 
people can contact you, learn a little bit more. We just, I mean, we're at the tip of the iceberg here with the experience and know-how that Lucas has. Where can people reach out to you if they want to find out more? Thank you. Best two places to find me are Instagram. So Instagram forward slash at Luke Root, L-U-C-R-O-T. I know my name is Lucas, but Lucas Root was taken. So I I grabbed Luke Root instead, L-U-C-R-O-O-T. LinkedIn, same thing, linkedin.com forward slash I am forward slash Luke Root or my website, lucasroot.com. Love it. Well, thanks, Lucas. I'm, you know, privileged speaking with you. I'd love to have you back, actually. Delighted. And and get get a little deeper into some of these topics. But thanks for joining us today and best of luck in all your future endeavors. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Alan. And for your listeners, a final note, do what Alan said at the beginning. Go on his website, check him out. I appreciate that. All right. Till next time. Thank you, Lucas. Cheers. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.